Do you feel physically and emotionally exhausted all the time? Is the cynicism starting to catch up with you? Maybe you're experiencing burnout. Here's what to do to keep on moving forward when you're ready to quit. Welcome to Adulting, a podcast where we want to adult every day. Download episodes at adulting.tv. Welcome to Adulting. I am Harlan Landis, and I am here with Miranda Marquette. How are you, Miranda? I'm doing really well because we are doing another recording in person, and it's super fun. Fantastic. I'm excited. And it's good to be excited because when you're not excited, you could get burnt out with whether it's in your job or in your business or your hobbies, your life, and it, burnout can happen anywhere. So what is burnout? Burnout, you know when you see it, right? <laughs> burnout is one of those things where you feel passionate about something or you feel excited about something, and somewhere along the line, you sort of lose lose that fire, and you kind of, uh, kind of drop off a little bit. And it's actually, uh, according to Psychology Today, it's actually considered a state of chronic stress. Mm. So that's kind of a, a physical description of it. So it, it's not just about losing that passion, but you're actually in a state of stress when you're feeling burnout. Right. So that includes just exhaustion, physical and emotional exhaustion. I'm sure we've all had times when we've all felt exhausted, whether it's with a certain circumstance uh, just one thing going on in your life, or whether it's something more pervasive. And when we say chronic stress, chronic means something very specific too. You know, I've had incidents where I felt stressful about a very specific thing. And I guess you could call that acute stress. I mean, that's just very focused. It's short term. It pertains to one particular issue. But when you have this feeling of stress over and over and over, you know, it feels like regardless of what you do, regardless of the situation, it's not just about a specific situation you're in, but it's about your life and it's every day, then it's something that that's what chronic stress is. And that just leads to this exhaustion because you just get you, you're you're ready to give up. Yeah. And that kind of goes along with some of the other signs that you might be experiencing. Whereas you start feeling this feeling of cynicism and detachment. So you start mm. feeling a little cynical about what you're doing, about the situation. You start to feel detached from the situation. You kind of don't really want to participate in it anymore. And I think that's something that you can see in your life a lot. Yeah. These days I've been seeing that when, you know, when faced with all of the politics lately, the election, certainly it's common to feel a little cynical about, you know, the situation that we're in politically right now and even try to detach from it. And people who would normally be very active with politics, you know, they're burnt out on it because of the frustration and everything else. And the cynicism increases and they just want to detach from the situation. Yeah. And part of that, too, now that you're talking about politics, Part of that burnout also comes from feelings of ineffectiveness and lack of accomplishment. And, and this isn't really a political episode, but I think one of the things that is really driving people right now is that that feeling that what they say, what they feel, what they think, what they want to have happen doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you're 
whether you're doing your work, when you're in your career, that can be part of the issue too. When you feel like you're stuck in this job where what you do doesn't matter, doesn't have a meaning, doesn't impact anything, and you're just sort of there making widgets. Right. Or or if you're given a leadership role um, or you're responsible for something at your job, uh, but you don't have the ability to be effective in that job because something there is holding your back, whether you don't have the authority to make decisions or if you're just, you know, given responsibility for things that are not related to what you intended to do in your position. Uh, so, yeah, all of these things lead to the frustration that leads to burnout. And unfortunately, being burnt out prevents you from accomplishing things that you want to accomplish for yourself. Even if you're burnt out in one aspect of your life, it can affect other aspects of your life. Being burnt out at your job can affect your family. Being burnt out with a situation with some relatives can affect your emotional state when you're trying to work or trying to run a business or whatever you are doing outside of your life. It just, it or outside of, you know, your family life. It, it just, everything um, contaminates and cross-pollinates and it can just be a, a downward spiral. Yeah. So what gets us there? I mean, we, we feel this way sometimes, but how do we get to that point? What sort of psychologically, physically, whatever, what gets us to that point? What are some of the things that kind of push us over the edge from just being a little frustrated sometimes into just full-blown burnout and, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. Why do I have to do this? Right. I, I think that stress plays a big role. And I guess according to psychology today, burnout is a state of chronic stress, but stress builds over time and different stressful situations can work together to cause this burnout. And it's very interesting because I know that I, through most of my younger life, kind of prided myself on my ability to just let stress roll off of me. And I, you know, I was very relaxed, very mellow, um, and I could take things as they come. And I was very happy with that trait. But as I got re- more responsibility in various things, I found that avoiding stress was a lot more difficult than I initially thought. <laughs> You know, and being incredibly stressed about a, you know, about a a number of situations that work together, mostly involved with selling my business, after I went through all of that, and even after some of the stress disappeared, my feelings towards working on that project changed drastically. A lot of that was through burnout. So I've, I've had some experience with that. Part of that that leads up to that stress, I know in my own life, I've been learning to let go of stress more. So I, I come kind of flipped with that. When I was younger, I was uh, I was really stressed about a lot of things all the time about I, I've got to be this and I've got to be perfect for that. And this has got to work and that's got to work. And now I'm kind of learning to let go and I might be going too far the other way. But, <laughs> but I think part of that is you get to a point where you say there's not enough time in the day to do the things that I want to do. Mm. And part of what leads to my burnout a lot of the time is I'm doing things that I feel like are necessities. Like I have to write to earn money. I'm the primary breadwinner. I have a son to support. I've got, you know, I like to eat food. I enjoy that. I enjoy, you know, wearing clothing when I leave the house. I think it's very important to do those things. You think so? (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. And I need money to do those things. So part of my issue is sometimes I get burnt out with my work, even though, looking at my life from the outside, it's pretty good. I <laughs> I work from home. I travel a lot. I have a lot of flexibility because I'm a freelance writer. But sometimes there's all these things I want to do 
but I get bogged down because I have to write for money. And so I have to write for money. And then I burnt out on all these other passion projects because there's not enough time in the day. By the time I'm done writing for money, you know, my son's home from school and I need to take care of my son. I could just abandon him, I guess, to his fate, but... Yeah, no, it's interesting that you bring up uh, the idea of when you're working for money versus working for, say, personal fulfillment. Uh, You know, I, when I was building consumerism commentary, I would write probably eight hours a night, and that would be after working a day job, eight hours a day. But what's interesting is I never felt burnt out during that period with consumerism commentary. I didn't feel any external pressure. I didn't have to write to make money, I had to go to my day job to make money. And that's where I was, you know, burning out a little bit. But when I had the freedom, and I knew that I was working on a project, because it was something that I just loved doing, I never I never really had to worry about burnout. So maybe part of this is just being able to have the freedom. And of course, it is quite a luxury to do something that you love it's easier to avoid burnout that way, perhaps. You talk about this frustration, and and I think when you're at work, especially where you start seeing that frustration and that burnout comes with all of the things that tie you down. I mean, you talked about being frustrated at work, and you talked about having that burnout toward work. So, I mean, what are some of the things that frustrated you? What, What led to that sort of burnout feeling while you were, you know, work? I mean, I know what frustrates me about writing for money, but... Yeah, well, I mean, for me, when I was working at a corporation, I mean, it just felt like I was putting in a lot of work and not really getting a lot out of it, whether it was, you know... um you know, I mean, what what are your goals for working when you're working, say, an office job that isn't really related to any particular passion that you have? Uh, your goals are probably going to be to to eventually move ahead into management or to get raises and promotions and or at least some kind of recognition. For me, and I think there's a lot of people who are kind of in the same boat when they're working for a corporate entity, I mean, they just feel frustrated because they're they're not moving ahead as fast as they believe they should be. They're not getting the kind of recognition that would satisfy them. And when they are getting recognition, it's it's just some kind of superficial thing that doesn't really help you in your life. And the lack of control, too, when you're working for someone else, because so much of your destiny at the job is due to decisions made by other people. Um, You have this lack of efficacy that can be frustrated. And when it continually doesn't go the way you want, you just get to the point where you feel like, well, is it even worth trying anymore? That is what burnout is. It's when you just figure, well, I mean, I mean, why? Why do I go ahead and do this if if it isn't bringing me anything that I need, whether it's monetarily or fulfillment-wise? And that's the next question is why then? Why is it important to stay motivated? So we've, we've talked about this burnout. We've talked about, okay, so you have this crappy job that you don't want to do anymore. You're in this crappy situation that you don't want to be in anymore. But how do you stay motivated? To, why do you stay with it? Why do we stay in these jobs we don't like? Why do we stick with it even though we're having this sort of burnout? Well, I think why we stay in a job is it's sometimes even as demotivating or as burnt out as you might be, it still seems to be better than the alternative when you have to either without a job, obviously, unemployed is not a good alternative. Most people don't see that as a great alternative to working or whether it's the process of looking for another job 
inertia or momentum and the lack of it really drives a lot of decisions. And in a lot of corporations, you can probably do a lot less work and not get fired. You know what I mean? You can probably float. And there's probably some tolerance for that. Of course, it's different in every job. But in corporate America, I believe there are a lot of people who are just kind of floating through. They don't make the extra effort. And of course, they don't get any kind of uh, reward for that. But if, you're, if you feel like you're not getting rewards for putting in extra effort, why put in the extra effort and not get the rewards when you can just not put in the extra effort and not get the rewards? <laughs> right. Well, and, and I think, too, you've kind of got uh, – sometimes you're just in a place where – I know some of the things that I do where I'm writing some things maybe I don't want to write uh, is it's really just because I want to pay the rent. <laughs> and and it's it's not a great motivation and and it, you can tell uh, you can seriously if you have time on your hands and you want something super fun to do go read a bunch of my stuff and see if you can tell which things I really enjoyed writing or in which things I'm just writing because I seriously needed a paycheck uh, you can tell you can look at my stuff and you can tell you can tell who's not paying me what I think they should be paying me you can tell when I've been uh, writing in the midst of burnout, and you can tell. And some of these gigs I keep because I can do not maybe my best work and, and s- still get paid. Right. Well, it, It's sort of shameful when I say it out loud. You, you know, as, as, as you're a writer, I would hope that your clients would be able to tell the difference between your quality work and your not-so-quality work. Mm, apparently they can't, yeah. some of them. Well... I know that you provide your best to adulting, and that's all that matters. <laughs> of course. Well, I'm not getting paid for it. It's a passion. I'm right. not burnt out yet. Uh, yet. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. But you also don't want to be that guy who, you know, when everyone around you is putting in an effort, I mean, that can motivate you to continue despite burnout. So going back to writing for a second, is, <laughs> is writer's block like burnout? Sometimes it is, and sometimes it isn't. Writer's block is just one of those things where... Sometimes it's a function of you are really passionate about it and you're just trying really, really, really hard and you're just trying too hard and you kind of get blocked. And sometimes it is a function of burnout where you're just like, really, do I need to come up with this again? Do I need to come up with another way to say this again? Do I really have to do this? So I think it it can be either thing. But yes, definitely burnout, I think, can increase the incidence of writer's block in your life. I definitely think that it can have an impact. So if we recognize that we're burnt out, what are some of the things that we can do to stay motivated, despite all of the reasons that we just gave for being okay with the lack of motivation? Right. Sometimes you just need to suck it up and get that stuff done. Because if you've decided that you need to keep this, specifically in a job, if you've decided that you need to keep this job Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, whether you're providing for your family, uh, whether you just really want to move out of mom's basement, whatever you're doing, if you've decided you need to keep this job, then you need to figure out a way to refresh yourself and and get motivated to, to push through yet another day. And so I think one of the most important things you can do is take, there's some different uh, studies that show taking a break really helps out. And there's some different ways you can do this. You can take a 10 minute break for every 50 minutes that you work. And this 10 minute break can just be something like a brisk walk around the office or stand up and stretch or 
go to the water cooler for 10 minutes. Just it could be anything that gets your mind off of whatever it is that you're right, working on. Right, yes. And then another thing, this is something I actually do a lot is, um, and it works if you have flexibility, is to use something similar to the Pomodoro technique. And this is called Pomodoro because it's like a tomato? Tomato, yes. Tomato in Italian. So how does this work? After 20 to 25 minutes of dedicated work, you take a three to five minute break. Okay. So it's still this process of working and then breaking for less time, which I think is... I, this is uh, you should be doing this anyway. I mean, this is this is a great way to to maintain your focus long term. Uh, you need mental breaks. You need physical breaks too. I like the idea of twenty five minutes on, five minutes off. You could do fifty minutes on, ten minutes off, and I guess there's you know this the Pomodoro is similar to that yeah and what does this have to do with tomatoes though i, I want to understand that. i honestly don't know other than the fact that if you get an official timer it looks like a tomato i honestly don't know why the guy who named it the pomodoro technique picked tomatoes okay but it sounds cool it sounds super uh, legit or something Ooh, pomodoro but uh <laughs> but one of the things that i like about the pomodoro technique is that after three to four pomodoros like so each work plus small break is considered one pomodoro <laughs> and after three to four pomodoros you take a longer 10 to 15 minute break so mm, okay. so basically you could do this where you do this cycle where it's okay i'm gonna work for uh 25 minutes take a five minute break and you do that four times so that now you've got two hours of work in and now you can take a longer break and just sort of reset so we'll have either a link or a uh, graphic to describe this so that you can refer back to it nice and easily oh yeah for sure yeah and and we would love for you to come join our facebook community at adulting on facebook and tell us what is your favorite way of taking a break do you use timers there are lots of timers out there there's this little one-minute meditation app you can get for your phone that every hour it'll ding at you and remind you to take a break and meditate so come to facebook find our adulting community and tell us how you take a break anyway let's move on to the next thing right um so also you can consider um your successes so far you know i I think it's important to acknowledge that you've come so far and made progress and have achieved certain things. And the more you can go back and think about how you're achieving, if you recognize the things that you are doing, it helps to keep you on track to build on those and get better. Yeah. And I think, you know, looking ahead, I mean, are there ways to feel better about what you hope to accomplish in the future, even if you don't feel like you're doing anything worthwhile now, but maybe looking ahead and saying, you know, what are what are some of these results and what will it translate to in the future? Yeah, and I like the idea. We talked about this when we were talking about taking breaks, but having a stretch or going for a walk or doing a run or going for a swim, something that changes. If you're exhausted mentally, try to spend some energy on something physical for a little bit instead. And opposite, I think, is true as well. If, if you're if you're burnt out because you've been working at something that's physically demanding, taking a break from the physicality of it and um, utilizing your, your your mental muscle a little bit more uh, might be a good break to uh, mix things up a little bit and get you ready to you know desire the, the one thing that you were burnt out from a little bit. Yeah, and I find too that that physical component is really important. I started kind of mixing that in a little bit if I know I have a grueling day of writing ahead of me I'll 
I'll make a, a plan to just say, okay, I'm going to get up and stretch after half an hour, or I'm going to go downstairs and wail on the punching bag for 10 minutes after, after half an hour, just, just to kind <laughs> of change things up a little bit, because you really do need that, that mental break to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to, and, and plus physical activity, moving around, that helps your endorphins get going. So you just feel better anyway. Your brain is going to be flooded with more happy things. And that'll help you sit back down and and maybe get a little bit more out of your work. Yeah, and along the same lines, sleep too. If you are feeling burnt out and you've just had too much, see, I I've, I find that people can often reach a plateau where you're just not soaking anything else mentally or physically. You're just done, and there's really nothing you can do to get it back that particular day. Sometimes it's just a question of letting your body reset throughout the night and waking up fresh and taking a fresh look. Of course, if it's real burnout, real burnout is day after day feeling the same way. So instead of just a night of sleep, you might need a vacation. That's a little different. And of course, some vacations are better than others. You don't want to feel like you're continuing your burnout while you're on vacation. You have to just separate from your responsibilities and do something completely different, maybe something you've never done before, so that it really is refreshing. Another thing you can do is remind yourself why you do this. And it needs to be some sort of outside thing, like your family, kids. A lot of the time when I start to feel kind of burned out, I remind myself that you know, I like to travel. And so I could cut back on some of my writing and still provide for all my basic needs, but then I wouldn't be able to travel as much. Mm-hmm. And so I just remind myself of that. And I think having that outside influence and saying, oh, I'm doing this for my family. I'm doing this so my kids can have opportunities. That can help you stay motivated and power through that burnout. We've talked about motivation in a previous podcast, but getting through burnout, you know, you just sometimes you just have to suck it up and set some goals for yourself, even if they're small goals at a smaller time frame, set up some intermediary goals and just work on achieving those one by one, like the smaller things, instead of trying to overwhelm yourself with the larger projects. That's kind of an interesting way to look at it, too, is, well, let's break it down because Sometimes that burnout comes from feeling overwhelmed and like, where do I start? Right. And if you can find one thing that you know you can get done in 30 minutes or at least get a good solid start on in 30 minutes, that can help you say, okay, I can break this down and I'll get step one taken care of, feel good about that, and then I can move to step two. Right. I think it's, uh, you know, just making a bigger deal out of the intermediary steps and the and the uh, goals that you can have along the way. You know, if your goal is to write a 40,000 word book, you got to do it page by page. So, you know, set your goals at 800 words and just work that way. And, um, and if you have a, you know, a purpose to each of those blocks, and if you reward yourself after each of those blocks, it's it's so much easier to, to motivate yourself to get ish done. Right. And finally at work, I think one of the reasons that people start to feel burnout and they feel like they're not accomplishing much with their work or they feel like they're, they don't have the responsibility they should have or their boss isn't taking advantage of their talents and abilities. But a lot of the time people don't say anything. They don't ask about it. Mm-hmm. They, they just accept it and are, and are miserable and complain about it. Um, uh, 
when they could just be, it could be as simple as asking for something and saying, hey, I know that there's this project and I think that my abilities are suited for this project. Mm -hmm. May I please be the point person? Or I think I could help so-and-so really well on this team. Uh, You know, can I be their, you know, number two? I, I think being able to go to your boss and just ask for a new challenge can sometimes work it doesn't always work sometimes you're not going to be rewarded in that way but sometimes you forget that if you don't ask the answer is always no right and i think being upfront and honest with your supervisor or anyone else who is relevant at your job can help i mean even when i worked for corporate america you know this is a large corporation and they understood that people get burnt out in their jobs so they have options that you can transfer to other departments, you know, if, if that works out well for everybody involved. And there's certainly these options that are there, but you just have to ask about them and you have to make them happen. Yeah, so it's not just asking for more responsibility, but sometimes it's asking for more authority, asking for more trust so you can make decisions on your own and affect the outcomes and you have more efficacy in your job. And sometimes it's it's finding another place for you, uh, something that's going to suit your talents a little bit better. And uh, whether that's in your job or whether you have to look outside of your current job, you know, these are these are all things that you should consider when when you're feeling burnt out and and you can't seem to get it back any other way. Yeah. And that's scary, though. It's scary to take that step and kind of move on. Yeah, sometimes you have to move on. What are some things we can do now, though? I mean, if you're sitting here and you're staring burnout in your in the face, What are some things that you can do now to start taking charge of the situation? Well, the first thing is to figure out why you're burnt out and whether it's something internal or external, whether there's too much going on, whether you're just tired. Going back to some of the reasons that we talked about at the top of the show, um, you know, is it job related? Is it your responsibilities? Or do you have too many distractions that are keeping you from, from getting done what you want to get done? I think figuring out what the core cause of the burnout is can help you address it. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. So so what you want to do is sit down right now and take stock of that situation. A lot of the time when we're talking about these do nows for your life, the, the first step is to find, you know, find yourself 15 minutes of quiet time and just think about it and, and the why behind your feeling this. Um, and then I think the next step is to Look for ways to make it manageable for yourself if you know you can't quit. Are there ways to find allies? Think about some problem-solving techniques because once you understand the root of your burnout, now you need to try and figure out how you are going to manage it in some way. Yeah, and I think talking about it to other people is is helpful. Now, of course, in a job, you may not want to admit that you have any kind of weakness, uh, especially to your boss, but I think it's really important to talk about these things. And, and so people who have a stake know exactly what's going on and can help you. What, what does burnout look from the outside? I mean, if, if, you're, if you're a boss and you have someone working for you and they're burnt out, I mean, you don't see the burnout so much as you see someone who's just not getting done the things that they need to get done. So the first reaction from a supervisor may be, 
punishment or it may be reprimands or it may be a disappointment or even with bad managers you have passive aggressive bullying or passive aggressive uh, you know other types of reactions and you don't want to invite that so you've got to communicate and work as a team to figure out what is the solution if it isn't something that is caused by you yourself that you can look into and you can fix. If it's because of a situation at work, then it's going to take more than just you to figure this out. Finally, you want to look for other ways to feel energized. Take some time. Think about different ways that help you feel good about your life, whether it's finding a hobby or spending time with your family. But this is hard because you don't want to add another thing to your life that you could <laughs> get burned out on this is this is hard so uh part of it's trying to find that balance i think well you know balance in certain things in certain things is important so uh when you are feeling burnt out often it's because there's some kind of imbalance so correcting that balance either by adding things in one category or taking things away in another category assuming you have the control uh, you, you have the uh, authority to do that sort of thing I think that's a big key and something that you can do right now to alleviate some of the burnout. And of course, some of it, some of it comes down to there's, there's always a case where burnout is due to just being tired. And sometimes you just have to not care so much. And, you know, it's, it's hard to be in that position when you, when you see it. Because you want to believe that there's some kind of external force that's forcing you, that's that, that's causing you to be less than efficient or less than perfect in your job. And we look for those external excuses first because, or external reasons first, because we want to believe that, you know, everything good is due to us and everything bad is due to outside forces. But sometimes we have to look at ourselves too. And sometimes a lack of motivation is just a lack of motivation. Yeah, if you're suffering from that lack of motivation, we'll have a link to our other podcast episode about sucking it up and getting it done. Right. But we do have a listener question. The listener says, I feel like my life is going nowhere, but I don't know how to change things. How do I get motivated to live life? So someone's burned out about life. Uh, well, I can tell you. <sighs> okay, so... <laughs> I, I don't know where I don't know where the listener's coming from, getting motivated to live life. I mean, is this getting motivated to live or is this getting motivated to live life? I mean, those are two different kind of things. To me it feels like this is somebody who is just burnt out in general in, in life and is looking for some sort of direction and feels like they're not really getting the most out of life. That that's the feeling I get. I think there, there's a problem with the normal answer to this. And the normal answer is probably to look at people who are living their life and get some ideas and, and try to emulate some of the great things that their friends are doing or that they can find on TV. I think that can be kind of dangerous depending on, you know, who it is because you can, you can start to feel even worse about your own life if you start comparing yourself and trying to be like other people. Um, I don't know. What do you suggest? Well, honestly, I think one of the things that helped me out a lot was making that life map after you made your life map. That, okay. that really like helps me make a life map and sit down and say, okay, well, if I feel like my life is going nowhere, and really it did. I mean, I was, I was divorced and I was moving back home with a child and it, it just 
felt like, where is my life going? I'm, I'm 35 years old and oh my gosh. And sitting down and making that life map and saying, okay, I feel like my life is having issues. What, where do I want it to go? And I think it's not so much of just saying, okay, I, I need to change things immediately and how do I get motivated to do that? It's sitting down and saying, okay, well, if I wanted my life to look different, what would I want it to look like? What kinds of things do I want in my life? What kind of experiences do I want in my life? And I think that's kind of where you start. A lot of the time we start with, oh, how do I make my life more exciting? You know, how do I how do I have that bungee jumping experience that I saw so and so do on Facebook, right? <laughs> how do I and and a lot of the time we don't start with, well, wait a sec, what do I want it to look like? And I, you talked about comparing. And a lot of the time we compare our lives and say, oh, well, so-and-so's life looks so amazing. What do I do to have that life? And we haven't stopped to say, well, what do what makes my life worth living? What are the things that I would feel fulfilled doing? Mm-hmm. And for me, you know, getting involved in local politics has been a really big thing. <laughs> You're giving me that look. Yeah, that would not be for me, but, you know, and everybody is different. That's right. So what makes your life meaningful then? Oh, well, I, I fill my life up with things that I enjoy. And I'm pretty lucky that I get to do that. I, I enjoy working with the Drum and Bugle Corps. Although I do enjoy that, it's really easy to get burnt out there because the more you do, the, the more there is to do. Right. So it's quite a busy time for me right now. Burnout is certainly not too far away. But again, I manage it by putting limits on it. I, and, you know, there are times where... I'm not available, or at least I'm less available, and I focus on things I need to do myself. And it's funny, you know, there, there are certain things I do to keep my life interesting, but they're all things that could easily lead to burnout if I let it. I've just, uh, you know, I've, I've become super careful in noticing when this is happening, allowing myself to change my focus and adapt. I think adaptability is probably one of the biggest uh, biggest life skills there is out there and it's something I'm working on and always getting better at and you know I just have to adapt to changing situations I think when you want to figure out how to live your life and and when you're ready to give up when your life is going nowhere I mean nobody's life is going nowhere I mean I think you know that's the assumption that we're working on here because that's what the listener says but but everybody's life is going somewhere, just not as quickly as you might want it to go. And I think uh, looking at smaller goals and setting things up that are achievable, I hate to say it, but... Smart goals. Yeah, we're going to talk about that pretty soon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that making these small changes and having smaller expectations and goals is going to help you see that your life isn't really going nowhere. You know, you just want to always have a direction and move in that direction. It doesn't really matter what the speed is. And I think along with that, I like what you talked about, small things. I think one thing that you can do to really start getting motivated to enjoy your life more is find one thing that can give your life a little purpose, whether it's volunteering at the animal shelter. I had a friend once who was just feeling she she felt trapped in her life and she just she felt like she had no control over anything she was doing. And there was just nothing in her life that she wanted to do and felt good about. And I said, well, when was the last time you picked up the violin? And she said, oh, it's been years. And I said, well, you love playing the violin. Uh, Why don't you go and sign up for a weekly lesson at the music store? 
just that one little thing added to her life helped her feel motivated and start changing her direction. And it was just one little thing. So look for one little thing that brings a little bit more happiness to your life or a little more meaning to your life and start there. And then you can kind of move forward. Fantastic. All right. So what are you going to add to your life to give you some extra motivation and purpose? Or what are you going to do to battle burnout? Or how are you feeling burnt out? How is that having an an effect on your life? Let us know on Facebook on our adulting community. So come check that out. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll be back soon with another podcast. In the meantime, you can visit us at adulting.tv. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, and we will see you soon. Thank you for listening to Adulting. Find resources for this episode or download other episodes at adulting.tv. Adulting.tv.